Welcome to Face to Face Broadcast. This message will take you from where you are to where you ought to be. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Help me smile at your neighbor. Amen. All right. We have been talking about New Testament consecration. Amen. And I'll continue along that line. Romans 12 verse 1. We had spent some time laying foundation talking about consecration. And I give definitions. It should be good for you to go back and get the message. I'll read the King James Version of this scripture, then I'll read the Amplified Version. Explaining that in the Old Testament... There was a separation that God required for every person or item that was supposed to be for his use. Amen. Did you hear me? Even vessels, plates and cups had to be separated for his use. It means that If that cup was separated or sanctified for God's use, it cannot be used for any other thing. Amen. And it shouldn't be used for any other thing. It should be kept that way. And so we know so much about consecration, sanctification in the Old Testament. But there is a New Testament consecration. Hallelujah. So let's read Romans 12 verse 1 together. I want to go. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. That means that he's talking to who? Brethren. Everybody say brethren. He's not talking to the world. He's talking to who? Brethren. Believers. Okay. Let's read it in Amplified Version. It will add quite a number of words. Verse 1, not 2. Let's read together. I want to go. I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, and beg of you, in view of all the mercies of God, to make a decisive dedication of your bodies, presenting all your members and faculties as a living sacrifice, holy, devoted, consecrated, and well-pleasing to God, which is your reasonable, rational, intelligent service and spiritual worship. 
Did you see the word devoted? Did you see the word consecrated? Now, this implies that there is a consecration required or spoken about or taught in the New Testament. For the benefit of some of you hearing this for the first time, let me just give a definition. Consecration is any thought or action that sustains or deepens your devotion to God. Hallelujah. Did you hear me? I'll take that again. Consecration is any thought or action that sustains or deepens your devotion to God. It means that there is a devotion that is required of everyone that has been washed in the blood of Jesus. One of the definitions I gave earlier is that consecration is our loving response to Christ's constraining love. Consecration is our reasonable response to Christ's redemption. Then we also said consecration is prioritizing God's priorities. Amen. But let's stick with the first one I gave. Every thought or action that sustains or deepens your devotion to God is consecration. Am I communicating? The, if something is consecrated and then it is used for something else, it has been desecrated, so to speak. Are you understanding me? Okay. So, consecration is allowing that thing serve the purpose for which it was separated. Amen. Did you get that? For what it was separated unto. There's a language used here in Romans 12.1. Go back to KJV, King James Version, just so that we have fewer words. I beseech therefore by the mercy of God that you present your bodies what? Living, everybody say living sacrifice. A phrase. Living sacrifice. Good. What he's saying, in the Old Testament, we know about sacrifices that were offered. But the sacrifices had to be offered dead. Amen. There is no animal they dragged down there and then left alive on the altar. It had to be killed. Slain. Meaning that it doesn't have, it can't do anything anymore. It has been offered. It cannot unoffer itself. Amen. But in the New Testament, we are not dead sacrifices. Amen. The Bible says we should present ourselves. We, now, presenting yourself, understand something. He's not saying, I will present you. No. No. He said, you, present yourself. Hallelujah. Present yourself as a living sacrifice. Now the sacrifice comes to the place that God ordained. The altar is the place that God ordained for it. It comes to that place and it is not arguing. It is not, it, it has a choice, amen, to stand up and go. But it chooses to stay, amen. Am I communicating? 
it chooses to stay. It chooses to remain offered to God. There's a scripture that says that you are bought with a price. Glory to God. Therefore glorify God in your body and your spirit, which are God's. Then he says, you are not your own. You know, there's a, a language that some of us were raised with. It's my life. I will do what I like with my life. Are you sure it's your life? Amen. You know that in Nigeria here, we have a public electricity system. The light in your house is not actually your own. Amen. It's your own, but it's not your own. So, you could just be planning to do something, and the owner <laughs> will just decide that he wants to take it. Amen. The way that light is in your house is how your life is. Amen. Amen. Now, Jesus paid by blood for you. You were bought. Hallelujah. You were not, you were fully paid for. Amen. There's a language Paul used that we don't use today. You know, in the King James Version, most of the time when they talk about, like if you read Romans 6 into Romans 7, you see the word, um, um, yield your members as instruments of righteousness. Then it talks about being servants of righteousness or being a servant of God. Servant is even from slave. I hope you know that. It is because English is trying to minimize the effect of what the scripture was actually saying. So, servant and slave, even in the Greek, don't mean the same thing. Servant is the word you know, diakonia, minister. Are you understanding me? It's the word you know. But slave is dolos. Slave, and Paul always called himself a slave of Christ. Hallelujah. The difference between a servant and a slave is that a servant is paid to do his work. A slave is owned. Amen. Hello. Are you with me? The slave is owned. So, he's not doing it to be paid. He, he, you, you, you are owned <laughs> by the master. The servant can decide to work today and come back tomorrow and continue his work. The slave doesn't have a choice. So, most of the time where Paul writes and says, a servant of Christ, he's not saying... A minister of Christ. No, no, no. He's actually saying dolos. He's saying, I am a slave of Christ. That means, I am owned. Did you hear the statement he made? He said, The life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who gave himself for me. He said, I do not frustrate the grace of God. Amen. He understood being owned. If our generation will understand that he owns you. Amen. Lift your hand and say, it owns me. So, consecration is functioning with the sense that you belong to God. Hallelujah. Are we together? Yeah. He owns you. There's a song we used to sing. It's an old song in the book of Revelations. Thou art worthy, O Lord. To receive glory, honor, and power. For thou hast created all things, and for thine pleasure they are and were created. That means 
God created everything for his pleasure. Amen. You know what it means to have something for pleasure? Are we together? Everything for his pleasure. It means that he wants to derive joy in it. He wants to enjoy it. He wants to enjoy owning you. Amen. So Paul had to plead with the brethren. He said, hey, hey, hey. Yield yourselves. Amen. Now, I, I gave an illustration about separation. Consecration is a separation. It's a separation unto God and a separation from the world. Amen. Now, most of the time, when consecration, sanctification is taught, the focus is always what we are separated from rather than what we are separated to. Amen. Are we together? And I gave that illustration in the first part of the teaching. And I explained that when you focus on who you are separated to, you will not struggle with what you were separated from. Amen. Now, the separation to God and the separation from the world happened at salvation, but keeps happening by your actions. Amen. So it's both instantaneous and progressive. Are you listening to me? Now, most of the time, people mix it up, all right? And then they get confused about that. In the sense that Paul, in speaking to the believers, told them, see, do you know why you are called saints? Saints are simply holy ones. Amen. Are you with me? How many of you are saints? What makes you a saint? Do you know that, I know that in some denominations, they confess sainthood. Okay? And they wait for you to die. Then they confess sainthood on you. No, Jesus had died and confessed sainthood on you while you were alive. Amen. Are we together? So, we are saints because we are the set apart ones. Glory to God. We are the ones separated unto God. That's what the church is. The church is a called out people. A people that have been called out of the world and called unto God. Hallelujah. Amen. So we've been called out from... See, God didn't just give us a new life. He also gave us, gave us a new lifestyle. Amen. Did you hear me well? God didn't just give you a new life. He also gave you a new lifestyle. Let me say it another way. God didn't just give you a nature. He also gave you a culture. Amen. Did you get that? So, consecration is constantly adapting to the new culture. Hallelujah. That you've been called into. In that culture... Your time is not for self. Your time is for Him. Amen. 
in that culture, whatever is the priority of Jesus is your priority. Amen. You know, most of the believers we have today, have some things mixed up, upside down. They always think that when salvation happened, when we got born again, you know, we got born again, and then being born again is, is the end. No, being born again is the beginning. Amen. 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 Did you get what I just said? It's the beginning. From that point, a lifestyle is supposed to start playing out. Hallelujah. I read the scripture. Maybe I should read it again. Let's go to Ephesians 4 verse 1. Amen. And in Ephesians 4 1, I was showing you something. I was talking about the fact that there are names that we are called, that we take for granted. For example, it says, you are now then are ye ambassadors for Christ. What he's trying to say is that there is a role of representing Christ. Hallelujah. There is a representation in this world. Hallelujah. So it means that for you representing him, there are expectations he has. There are certain expectations he has as you represent him. In that representation, it is the character of Christ. Hallelujah. That should be revealed. You know, most of the time, people are trying to focus their attention on representing or revealing the abilities of Christ without revealing the character of Christ. Amen. Or the attributes of Christ. Are you listening to me? What do I mean by ability? Gifts. The giftings. What do I mean by character? The fruit. Amen. Am I communicating? The fruit. The fruit. So, when someone is consecrated, it means that he's yielding to fully represent Christ. Now, what's our scripture? It says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called. What does it mean by walking worthy? That means there is honor to the role you've been called into. Amen. There's honor to your salvation, to your being set apart. Represent it. Amen. What the world needs today, more than anything, is to see Jesus. Hallelujah. Are you listening to what I'm saying? And when I say to see Jesus, the world is not going to see Jesus in the clouds. They will see Jesus in me. They will see Jesus in you. Amen. Glory to God. So that thought or action that makes you yield for Jesus to be seen through you is consecration. Amen. Are you getting the picture now? It's consecration. That thought or action. Every time you submit to the word of God, you've consecrated yourself again. Amen. Did you hear me? Yeah.
There are some prayers that Paul prayed. And it means that Paul believed in having a deeper work. It's not just that he just wanted to know, have information. No, 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 no. He believed in transformation. At least you read 2 Corinthians 3.18. He believed in what he called glory to glory. Amen. What did he mean? It meant that as vessels that are um, expressions of that glory, there are dimensions you can express that glory more than you did last year. Amen. Amen. The Bible says that Jesus, though he was a son, yet lent he obedience through the things which he suffered. What is the obedience? The yieldedness. Everybody say yieldedness. It means that there is a learning that the Spirit of God... See, when you are being trained by the Holy Spirit, what is he training you for? He's training you to... See, you were used to obeying your flesh more than obeying any other thing. There are some of you that your flesh is your master. How do you know your flesh is your master? It can wake you. 3 a.m. Go and do a bath. <laughs> Even with sleep in your eyes, you walk, 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 walk. You will do it. Eat. Take another round. Anything your flesh tells you, you do. Jesus is not yet Lord. Amen. Over your flesh. Am I communicating? He's not yet Lord over your flesh. Um, I, I believe it was um, Dr. Kenyon that was talking about. He talked about what he called the Lordship of the Word. Amen. Let me say the Lordship of the Word. It meant that you come to a place where the Word, you now submit to the Word of God. The Word is Lord to you. Amen. That means the Word now is what your decisions are based on what the word says. Then he talked about, um, someone else talked about the lordship of the spirits. Hallelujah. Am I communicating? The lordship of the spirits. Learning to submit to the promptings of the spirit. When the scripture was talking about Romans 8 that you read, verse 14, and then maybe verse 16 where it says, 14 says, uh, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Remember what he was talking about? Do you remember what he was talking about? His flesh he was talking about. You know, we always just jump to 14. Let's start from verse 1. Romans 8, verse 1. In Romans 8, 1, it says there, there is therefore no, no, now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Now, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Keep going. There's just somewhere I want to pick from. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God sent his own son in the of sinful flesh, and for sin condemns sin in the flesh. There's a scripture. Keep going. Just skip to six. Good. For to be carnally minded is what? But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Consecration is winning the battle. 
and staying spiritually minded rather than carnally minded. What is carnally minded? What is spiritually minded? Now, if it doesn't happen to the believer, he won't write it down. Amen. Am I communicating? Carnally minded simply means that you are more conscious of the, the word carnal. That's where you have carnivorous. You understand? Carne is flesh. Are you understanding me? It's flesh, body, flesh, meats. Glory to God. That means this flesh is what your decisions are always based on your flesh. If you are tired, every other thing can go to blazes. If you are hungry, <laughs> forget it. You understand that? It's a what is my bed right? Give me yam. Are you understanding me? You know, that's carnally minded. That means that another way of putting it is that you are ruled by your flesh. Why didn't you come to church today? I just felt a kind of tiredness. So, anything, you know that, what do say feeling? Say feelings are the voice of the flesh. Say it again, feelings are the voice of the flesh. Good. Anytime you have a feeling, your voice is talking, your flesh is talking. Amen. Emotions are the voice of the mind. Glory to God. And then your conscience is the voice of the spirit. Hallelujah. So, your feelings. So, um, I just. Uh, then, before you know it, you didn't do what you were supposed to do. You didn't do what you were supposed to do. If Jesus followed his body, he would not have stayed in the Garden of Gethsemane to continue praying. Amen. Am I communicating? No, he would not have continued praying. If he followed his body, as Satan offered him to change the stone to market square bread. Amen. <laughs> Jesus would have taken the offer. How many loaves do you want? But who is really hungry? He is the one that is hungry. Amen. Are we together? So, for to be carnal minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. We are going to verse 14. That is where we are going to continue. Go ahead, 7. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. What is it? It is not subject, hallelujah, to the law of God. It cannot be. Praise God. So, most of us were trained carnally, bodily. You respond to what your body wants. Now that you are born again, the Spirit of God is teaching you upside down. Let me put it right. Right side up. Amen. To now live by your spirit. So, a consecrated life is a life that has chosen to live by the spirit rather than to live by the flesh. Anytime you live in the flesh, do you know why the scripture said in verse 8, so then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. The thought is consistent throughout Romans. If you get to maybe the 14th chapter there about, Paul now said something. He said, everything that is outside of faith is sin. What he was explaining is that, now here in this scripture, he says, so then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. What he's saying, they that are in the flesh cannot please God. It means that anytime you follow the flesh, it cannot be faith. Amen.
It's the flesh that makes you not to give. Amen. Because the flesh always shows you what you need. Amen. And how much you need it. It's flesh that makes you also not to go out and win souls. Amen. Because it always tells you how it is stressful. How it can be embarrassing. Are you understanding me? It's flesh that always tells you that. How it can be embarrassing. How it can be stressful. So you start listening to the voice of the flesh. It will give you excuses why you shouldn't do your soul winning on Saturday. Amen. Consecration is doing the soul winning in spite of the excuse your flesh gave you. Amen. Are you with me? Are you getting what I'm saying? Yeah. It means that in our service to God, the greatest fight we have is flesh. Glory to God. Did you hear me? Yeah. So you see someone that they say, okay, we want, some, we want three people to join a particular team and help out. He says, woo, I will join. And that time he's saying he's going to join, he really wants to join. His heart is burning to join. I will join, I will join, I will join, I will join. They say, okay, come and join, come and join. Then he comes to be part of his signs of everything. Then the moment he leaves the church or leaves that place, the flesh starts saying, where do you want to carry me to? <laughs> Are you with me? The discussion starts. And then, what he really wanted to do, now he cannot do it. Paul talked about that in chapter 7. Amen. He cannot do it anymore. Remember that the spirit, that recreated spirit, is always willing. Is the flesh that is weak. Amen. So consecration is yielding to the willingness of your recreated spirit. Amen. Am I communicating? Yes. To the willingness of your consecrated spirit. You know, some of us, when we were getting born again, some of us were not thought about temptation. Amen. How was it temptation? Some believers were not thought temptation. They were just thought, You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You see, truth is truth. The, you see, if, there, if there's an absence of a, if a, of a module of truth in your life, as you walk along, it will show. Amen. The Bible and the New Testament taught temptation. As a matter of fact, James took out time to explain. Amen. The role of not just temptation, even challenges and trials that will come your way. He was not trying to say that you should accept trials and, and, and allow trials to, you know, he was, not, he was not against a victorious life. No, 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 no. He was making you even rather to be more prepared. That's why he said, count it all joy. He's telling you the response and the attitude you require to win and to stay victorious. If you sit down and read James, James just has five chapters. Especially give attention to chapter one to three. You know, some of you just always jump to five and read the scripture that talks about prayer, effectual fervent prayer. No. Before he landed there, he was laying a foundation. Amen. But let's go to James. Let me just, it's not, my, it's not my plan, but let's just go there. Let's read from verse one, maybe to like five or six or thereabout. Let's just read James chapter one. Amen. He said, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, 
to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, greeting. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into what? Diverse temptations. That means, you see, in this 2020, Wahala will show, but count it all joy. Amen. The difference between earth and heaven is that as long as we are on this earth, are you understanding me? There will be challenges. Amen. Amen. Listen, he didn't say there will be defeats. Hear me. He said there will be what? Challenges. Remember the Bible says that. It talks about the fact that the afflictions, many are the afflictions of the righteous. But what? The Lord delivers them out of them all. Meaning that every affliction, victory has already been programmed in the affliction for you. Oh, you didn't hear me. You didn't hear me. Victory has been programmed for you. So, the attitude when the challenge comes, he said, count it all joy. Some of you don't know what count it all joy means. So, maybe I should give it to you. Uh, Give me NIV, then give me a message. Amen. NIV, I just want to look for something. NIV. Let's read together. I want to go. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you face trials of many kinds. What, which one did you just give me? What did you give me for? How many NIV do you have? Okay. Count it all. Consider it pure joy. What was the other translation you gave me? When you face trials of many kinds. Okay, give me the next translation I asked for. Message. I thought I saw something else. MSG, thank you. Consider it a shared gift, friends, when tests and challenges comes at you from all sides. Woo! If they give you a gift, what do you do? <laughs> Amen. Are you understanding me? He's saying, and do you know why? He's not just telling you to, you know, someone was explaining something to another believer. And I said, oh, no, 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 that's not what the Bible said. He said, no, 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 no. He said, you see, when you have a problem, fake it until you make it. I said, no, that's not what the Bible said, though. Is that how you understand it? We are not faking it. Amen. It's not fake it until you make it. I don't know where they got that from. What you are doing is real. Amen. It's not, you are not pretending. The Bible is saying that the challenge is a lying vanity. What you are doing is truth. Amen. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. <sighs> okay, let me go back and make a statement. We will we'll still read this. Some people say faith is a leap in the dark. They say, well, you know, I just took a leap in the dark. That's what is called faith. You know all those things they used to do on social media? Then they would just end. You know, you say, wow, it was so inspirational. Some say, deep. Something can be intellectually deep, but it's spiritually shallow. Did you hear me? Something can be intellectually deep, but spiritually shallow. We are spiritual people. Faith is not a leap in the dark. Faith is a leap out of light. It's a leap provoked by what? Light. You are seeing. That's why you jumped. Wow. 
Faith is not blind. Faith sees. Amen. Faith sees. So, let's attempt to amplify it. There's, I've not even seen what I was looking for. Amplify it. Amplify it for me. Consider it wholly joyful, my brethren, whenever you are enveloped in or encounter trials of any sort or fall into various temptations. Many believers don't practice this. How many of you have had trouble and rejoiced? Amen. Are you understand what I'm saying? That you saw trouble, then you start rejoicing. That's what he's actually saying. That, say, ah, trouble has come. You know how when they deliver, I, know, I don't know, some of you get parcels, alright? Maybe ordered for something, and then the parcel now lands. You know how the joy of, ah, it has come. He's saying that that's how when troubles you didn't plan for now show up. As long as you have, it has landed. The first, the attitude, amen, is to rejoice. Now, there's a reason. Because if you don't read it down, you will miss the point. So, I'm just thinking, um, I don't want to go back to my iPad. Um, there is a translation that the thought line appeals to our everyday communication. Amen. But, you know, I, I have vowed to stay with King James. Are you understanding me? <laughs> you understand that? I vowed, and I, I promised King James that I would never betray him. Are you understanding? That no matter who I commend, he is my own. Are you understanding me? You know, so let's go to King James. Please, God. Praise God. Let's go. I'll just read 2, 3, 4, then I'll, I'll flip to another translation. My brother, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Then verse 3. Knowing this. That means that before you can, there's something you should know. Knowing this. That the train of your faith will work patience. Amen. That means that if you don't know this thing, your counting it joy will not be complete. Amen. There's something you should know. Thank God you know now. Amen. That the shrine of your faith worketh patience. It goes on. Let's go for that verse 4. I want to read maybe to. But let patience have a perfect work. That you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Keep going. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask. What's the wisdom? The wisdom to handle that challenge that came. Amen. Amen. So that's why I came and said, I've not seen this kind of trial before. Amen. Why are counting not joy? If, there, if you lack wisdom, ask. Amen. Amen. Okay, but go back to, give me, um, we didn't read NLT, right? Give me NLT from verse 2. I'll just read down to 5. Amen. NLT. NLT. James 1-2. Dear brothers and sisters, when trouble comes your way, consider it an opportunity for what? Amen. I thought somebody already that has trouble just jump up and start rejoicing already. Amen. Why? Because great joy. Amen. When trouble comes your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. <laughs> Glory to God. Verse 3. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. Amen. Verse 4. I'll stop at five here. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. It means that there are certain experiences that only challenges can produce in your life. 
Amen. You know, some of you have been in places where one day somebody just that was squatting, you just woke up, just uh, woke you up at the middle of the night. Wake up, wake up, wake up. Say, uh, wake up. It's two a.m. Say, um, when money reach, you will pack your things and go. We are not quarrelling, no. But this thing has been on my mind since. So, uh, since I've been sitting here looking at you as you were sleeping, I was thinking whether should I wake you, should I not wake you. I just say it's better to wake you than to tell you when you wake up. So, sleep, oh. But when you wake up, please, so that we will not quarrel, pack your things and go. You know those kind of things that when they finish telling you, you go and wash your face. <laughs> Are you understanding me? Because, you know, when they finish telling you, you go and wash your face. Are you understanding me? And come back. Then you not, that's when you will talk and say, um, what happened? And you didn't quarrel the day before. You didn't quarrel the two days before. There was no quarrel. Then you now say, um, I was not planning to leave now. Okay, can I stay one more week? Peasant said. I've made up my mind. It's when you start begging me now, I will be angry. <laughs> Once it is morning, as I'm going to walk, carry your things at the same time. I will lock my house. Anywhere you want to go, you can go. And you know, the person is not shouting. No. So the message is entering. Then he says, don't worry. Then he starts sleeping. Now you, you cannot sleep. <laughs> Are you understanding me? Now, and those kind of time, morning comes very quick. Are you understanding me? So, before you, it's already morning. The thing has already happened. Listen, if some of those things don't happen to you, you will never have your house. Did you hear me? If some of those things don't happen to you, you will never have your house. If the person didn't do it that day, for the next four years, you'll still be living there. The person might even move and leave you there. You will take over the rent. Are you listening to what I'm saying? That's why the Bible says that when those kind of unexpected challenges land, there is something packaged inside it. Don't let crisis go to waste in your life. Are you listening to me? That's what he's saying. That in that crisis, there is something for you in it. Glory to God. So, why I was saying this was that some believers were not taught temptation. Amen. They were not taught about trials and temptations. And that's why you have Christians that receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And then maybe first few months they are just coasting. Woo! Glory! Hallelujah! Just so, oh, wonderful! Then, when challenges start coming, they start questioning their salvation. It's like, the Lord does not love me anymore. <laughs> no, no, it has nothing to do with God's love. Amen? Amen? It's like, I don't know. You know, last two months, everything was just working. You know, 
But now I don't understand. It's like things are looking like they're now hard. What's the problem? You are growing. That's the problem. When you grow, your former shoe will not size you again. Is that also? Amen. Amen. Yes. You are growing. That's what's happening. You're growing. For every temptation that comes your way, there's a way of escape. You know, there's a difference between temptation and trial. I hope you know that. Okay. But sometimes they use it interchangeably. But you know what, what we're talking about. So, understand that in, when we start talking about consecration, it is understanding that in the midst of the challenges, the trials, the temptations that come your way, that willingness to follow the program of the spirits. Listen, the program of the spirit is not all. Hey, some of you don't understand. In the midst of the challenge, follow the program of the spirits. The training, follow the course outline. Amen. Some people always change. They change the path when challenges come. And so, they've had many challenges, but the, the purpose of the Spirit in that challenge was never bettered. Did you hear what I just said? Let me say it more in a more troublesome way. Have you heard people say, you, go, where you are, go where you are celebrated, not where you are tolerated? See, see this thing we are doing is not English, yo. Amen. <laughs> Did you hear me? It's not English. We are not speaking English. It depends on what you are talking about. Can the Spirit of God lead you to a hard place? Yes. But you will have awesome testimonies in that hard place. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Yeah. I've said this before and I'll say it again. The absence of trouble does not mean you are in the will of God. The presence of trouble does not mean you are outside the will of God. Did you hear what I just said? Some of you don't understand that. Sometimes in following the will of God is where trouble will meet you. Do you know that Paul went to Philippi? You know the story? Acts 16, alright? He went to Philippi, Macedonia. He had a vision. In the vision, God showed to him that he should go to Macedonia and say, Come over to Macedonia and help us. So it was in God revealing. Now, there are some places that he would just speak in his spirit that he should go to and there he would go. This one, he had a vision. That means God wanted him to come there. He now followed the leading of God to Philippi when he got there. That's where he went to prison. Amen. Amen. Did you hear me? That's where he was jailed. They flogged him. Jailed him. For a place that God led him. I just imagine his assistance, his protocol. This is Paul. Nobody, they have not beat me like this in this life. Is when I joined Paul's ministry. Are you understanding me? Is when I is when I joined. Is when I see, see this one. This one they gave me here. Is is when I joined Paul's ministry. In my life, nobody has flogged me until I followed Paul. 
they chained them. Silas followed him. Silas would be thinking, my mother said I should not follow this man. Amen. And what happened? He was doing the work of God. A girl, Satan was on his case. A girl, a young girl that was demonized. The Bible says she had the spirit of divination. Soothsaying. We have that spirit operating today. It's just the difference now that they have signboard. And they have a hall. And they use microphone and wear suits. And so they tell you your phone number. They tell you the color of your, what your, your underwear. They tell you, they tell, it's the spirit of suit sewing. Are you understanding me? So the lady saw him, young girl. She said, great man of God. How will somebody know me here? Every day she will be healing him. When he sensed that it was the spirit of divination, he was vexed in his spirit. And he turned and cast out the devil from her. The Bible didn't even tell us that he led her to Christ. Are you understanding me? The Bible didn't tell us that he led her to Christ. He just turned and cast the devil out of her. Come out of her, you foul spirit. The girl went back home. They used to use the girl to make money. Alright? So, her owners, when they put her down, her brought people, she knew they see again. Are you understand what I'm saying? She's not seen again. You say, ah, what happened? It was that poor guy who they went there. <laughs> Are you understanding me? Their own matter was not even it was another his business interest. That's how Paul got to jail. Listen to me. Some of you don't even know when Satan is setting you up. It will look like a normal is something that it will look reasonable. But Satan is in the team. <laughs> Amen. Am I communicating? Yeah. So, it was in obeying God's will that, Satan, um, that Paul had trouble. Am I communicating? Satan doesn't want you to fulfill the will of God for your life. He doesn't want you to fulfill it. So, when most of the time you're walking out of God's will, He will sound an alarm to all the demons. Hold. <laughs> Shh. Leave her. Shh. Shh. Remove the pimple. Shh. 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 Quiet. Everything will be quiet. Listen, I remember a movie I saw where they, they went into a place. I think they went to rob or they went to do something. Then the place was too quiet. The guy said, this is a setup. It's not supposed to be this quiet. You know that a child that is really not sleeping is the hardest to wake up. <laughs> sure you know. Are you, you understand that? If the child is not sleeping, it's very hard to wake the child up. It's easier to wake a child that is sleeping than the one that is not sleeping. You don't understand. Some of you, maybe you, you, when you have children, you understand what I'm talking about. <laughs> you, know, you know, what I'm saying is very, you know, it's very hard because the child is not sleeping. 
They do. Mm. <laughs> so the place was so quiet. Ah, the quietness is too much. And true to type. As he said that, truly, they were waiting for them. <laughs> there are times where there is no trouble. You start praying. Are you hearing me? There are times where there is no trouble. You should be praying. And reassessing the situation. I know some of you have never heard this before. This is senior class. Amen. If there is no issue, some of the time, Satan wants you to enter the center very well. All the demons will wait until you, they get you where they want you. I remember a girl who was in university at that time. Um, she was one of the first set of people that got married amongst our friends. You know, some of our friends started getting married when we were like in our fourth year. But this girl was getting married like when we were in our, our second year, first year, second year. You know that kind of thing, you know. Uh-huh. Some of, now when I say year one, year two, some of you, when you entered year one, year two, you're already 42. You understand that? That's, <laughs> well, well, not like that in those days. <laughs> Amen. Glory to God. You understand? You have three kids. Uh, you know, that's not what I'm talking about, you know. You know, there are people that, you know, between the ages of maybe 18, 19, 20, you know, and that kind of age. So, maybe she was 21 or 22 at that time. And then she was already, someone was already about to get married to her. So she told us, whoa, okay. Oh, wow, 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 You know? So one day we all were with her. And then she asked that she wanted to see me. And uh, so I stayed back. And then she said something. She said, the question I want to ask you, I cannot ask anybody. She said, but I've looked around all the friends that I have. And I feel that your opinion will be unbiased. And you will tell me what the Spirit of God is putting in your heart. So she said, the fellow, I've forgotten, but he was working for one of the big five. Those days, Chevron Elf, Mobile, one of the big five. He was working there. Then she said, everybody likes the guy. He said, my mother has had a son. Are you understanding me? Everything is fine. All my friends like him. But I don't have peace in my heart about marrying him. She said, I will look crazy for me to say it to anybody, but I know the leading of the Spirit. I've even accepted that I will go ahead and marry him. But I just wanted to hear what you think about that. I said, it's not me that will tell you not to marry now. Praise God. It's not me that will tell you not to marry. Glory to God. But you see, the truth is this. Everything is fine. But everything is not fine. (laughs) Amen. Are you hearing me? 
I want to awaken your understanding. Then there are times where everything is not fine. But man, everything is actually fine. Amen. Amen. Everything is actually fine. Satan wants you to stop. No. Yeah. Don't go there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> everything is fine. Keep going. Everything is fine. Glory to God. Everything is fine. There are people that started projects, business projects. And the day they set out to start the business, everything, every kind of chaos broke out. Their close friend quarreled with them that day. Are you understanding me? Ah, what's happening? What's happening? What's happening? What's happening? The, there's, some, there's a contention. Are you understanding me? There's a contention. You see why consecration is important? You see, because of consecration, you will hold God's opinion highly, amen, about anything in spite of what anybody thinks. And in spite of what the circumstances will be saying to you. Amen. Lift your hands and pray in tongues for a minute or two. Lapataya katos brigadier telebos brigadier teleboso. Raton de Bredoske Plotos Alabakoto Brigadier Telebos Brigadier Teske. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus. It is through consecration. That we maintain our fervency for the, in the spirit. Hallelujah. Every day of your life, Satan is focused on quenching your zeal. Amen. Did you hear me? You know what zeal is? It is another word is passion. Everybody say passion. Another word is enthusiasm. You know, that thing, zeal is fueled by joy. Amen. Are we together? Okay? So, we say, the Old Testament scripture is it, um, um, David said, I was glad when they said, let us go into the house of the Lord. They've not gone, no. they just said, let us go. He was glad. The gladness there was like someone that is jumping and shouting. Amen. When they said, let us go into the house of the Lord. 
If you are no more glad when they say, let us go into the house of the Lord. Amen. Amen. You need to consecrate yourself. Amen. Are we together? So, that zeal, that fervency for God, for the things of the Spirit. Okay, someone said, no, someone, sometimes somebody said, eh, I was, I'm, 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 I, 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 I've not been to church for the last two weeks. In short, I've not been hearing the word of God. I've not really been um, praying, Sha, but I know I'm okay. You are not okay now. You are not okay. If you've not used the toilet for one week, you are not okay. Amen. Now, don't misunderstand me. You are eating. You are eating, but you are not stooling. Seven days stretch. Some of you take stooling for granted. You know what constipation is? It's frustration. Amen. Time will fail me. A friend, a senior friend of mine, he lives in Europe. And uh, he's not a religious guy, but it's okay, just he goes to church, but he wasn't saved. But he likes pastor friends, so I'm his friend. He was the one telling me, these things are real. What happened? His daughter was coming to get married in Nigeria. Some of you know the story. So, his daughter grew up abroad. They grew up in Europe, so... But he said, he keeps talking to her from when she was young. So she desired to have a real African traditional wedding. You know, she likes the fabrics and all those things. <laughs> you know, the fabrics, <laughs> there are things that are connected to the fabrics. <laughs> the culture has something. Yes, so they flew in and did this thing. She was very loving everybody, loving everybody. The moment she, left, she fell ill, she left. And went back. I've forgotten the number of weeks or months she didn't stew. She didn't stew. And then she didn't stew. And then she didn't stew. Then they took her to the hospital. After they've run all the tests, an Indian doctor came and told her, Do you believe in like spiritual things? I think you should consult them. <laughs> because he, there was no explanation they had to now call pastors as they started praying then she started stooling someone off something <laughs> they disconnect something <laughs> Amen. Are you with me? <laughs> you will believe now. The guy told me, I believe this is so. <laughs> me go back to that place. 
Amen. Listen, I was talking about stooling. So if someone had not used the toilet, you're not fine. In the same way, they say, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm very fine. When do you read your Bible last? Mm. What was the last scripture you read? I've forgotten, but I'm fine. When did you pray last? It's been a while, but I'm fine. You're not fine. Glory to God. Consecration is also to bring yourself back to spiritual fitness. Amen. 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 Are we together? Yes. You're spiritually fit. In your premises or your neighborhood, there's something going on. They say, ah, um, um, brother, please come and pray. He said, I'm not in the spirit now. Why can't you pray? Amen. Does God go on vacation? Amen. Why can't you pray? There are some believers that run away from opportunities to pray. Something is going on somewhere. They say, oh, uh, people say, hey, uh, we need someone, anybody here, any pastor here, anybody here? You two are saying, anybody here, anybody here, anybody here? Are you not anybody? You should be able to respond even when the situation was unplanned. Amen. Amen. Did you hear me? You should be able to respond. Glory to God. Did you hear me? Alright, so that fervency of spirit is what makes you a soul winner. Glory to God. How will you see to that unbeliever? 20 minutes, 30 minutes. He's telling you all manner of things. Man, if you see the club in this town. Have you been to... Um, let, let me leave these people here today. Have you been to A Lounge? You say, I don't know A Lounge. Ah, you don't know A Lounge? What about B Lounge? No. You don't know? Ah, there's A to Z. I've been to like, only two I've not been to. Ha. In A Lounge, they have this thing, eh? That you don't have to smoke it to be high. You just pass. <laughs> you just be high. You've not gone there, but you have the picture. The person is telling you, telling you, telling you things, telling you, boasting about their sin. Are you understanding me? Boasting about their sin. You cannot boast about your righteousness. Amen. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. You know, some unbelievers are so braggadocious about their sin. I used to have a roommate in university. He always talked about his sexual experiences. He would so talk about it that you have gone, but you will remember what he said. Are you understanding me? You, you are not there. Sometimes, I almost called his name. He may be big someone somewhere. Now, let me not call his name. Let's assume his name is John. <laughs> not our John. Our own John is the John of the scripture. Alright, so the John of the world. Let's assume his name is John. You now say, if he's talking, I will shout from my corner. John! He will say, Pastor. John. <laughs> he will keep quiet. He said, let him just finish the gist. <laughs> Very depraved thoughts. You understand that? And he'll be boasting about it. 
You know, some believers are not even embarrassed about certain things. Why would you be embarrassed about Jesus? They've met me somewhere before to ask me for lighter. Excuse me, uh, you get a lighter. So I looked at myself. Are you understanding me? That's like, how? Lighter. In the guy's world, everybody is supposed to be smoking. Are you understanding me? Or someone just walks in, you are sitting down in a, in a, in a maybe a hotel lobby. Someone just walks in, uh, Kai, um, how much do you sell, uh, how much do you sell uh, Henneken here? Henneken. Me. Praise God. They are so proud about their, their life. Glory to God. They could ask you anything, say anything. But you cannot open your mouth and talk about your faith. How can a sinner be more proud of his sin than you are of your right standing with God? You know, I I love it how... Let me use a wrong illustration to teach a right thing. Have you seen where a boy wants to approach a girl and is boosting morale? (sighs) I go go, I go go. <laughs> eh? He's boosting morale. Then he walks up, says, Excuse me. <laughs> you should be doing it to preach the gospel. Amen. 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 Are you understanding me? Where he, he's, going to, he's going to do something and he's figuring out, he's going to take the step now, then he takes the step. On Saturday. It's so winning day. Amen. Let your consecration be manifested on Saturday. Amen. Glory to God. On Facebook, preach. But off Facebook, preach. Amen. Are we together? Yeah. You could decide that you have a three minute clip or five minute clip where you share the word of God and get people to receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. But People physically around you, share your faith with them. Glory to God. You are in the saloon. I've, I've been around saloons. There's a place one time I had to go and have a haircut, and they, they had a female um, saloon in the place. In any city, whether in Port Harcourt, Lagos, any city, it's the same thing. I don't know why people around that area always talk. You know, someone just bring up a conversation. And then they just start talking. You will hear what you didn't plan to hear. Are you understanding me? So we must learn how to talk in those kind of places. And bring the conversation around the things that will change their lives. Glory to God. People always want to engage me in football talk. I'm not into football. You know, so they say, Ah, did you watch the match last time? Which match? <laughs> I didn't even know there was a match. <laughs> you understand that? Ah, you know. And then, you know, and if you live in this kind of place where people start, can make you even feel like you don't know what's happening. You too, you don't know what's happening. Do you know what the Spirit of God told me yesterday? <laughs> Amen. Do you know? You don't even know what's happening. You don't know what's happening. 
you know that a strange disease will come upon the city. Do you know? Say no, <laughs> no, 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 no. Worse than Ebola coming. You know that. You don't know. You need to be saved. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> Glory to God. Are we together? Lift your hands. Say in the name of Jesus. Someone will hear the gospel from my lips on Saturday. Listen, you will step out of your comfort zone. Are we together? And share your faith with someone in clear terms. Unmistaking. Someone cannot say they didn't understand what you are talking about. They cannot say they don't, they cannot, they don't understand what you are talking about. I talk about how I led a lady to Christ. A university girl to Christ. When I was in university. She was a friend to my friend. We just all were freshers. Just got into school. She was always interested in meeting a big boy. You know, we have freshers. They just got into school. And then fellow freshers are talking to them. But some of them are not interested in freshers. They want the um, final year students, you know, that kind of thing, to prove to others that they are bigger than them. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Why do you like you don't know what I'm talking about? <laughs> some of you are just looking at me like you don't know what I'm talking about. So every time they are discussing, that's what she's talking about. That's what she's talking about. Hey, this is a... She, you know, it, the, she's so excited about it that I, I, I can't even figure it out. So I knew that we needed to preach the gospel to her. But she's not someone that if you even start a conversation, she will allow the conversation to go that way. So I told her, there's a guy that wants to meet you. Then I left. We went for another class. She was the one that came to look for me. What did you say before? <laughs> I said, there's a guy that wanted to meet you. I said, which guy? I said, later, later, later. She disturbed me. She, does, she wasn't bothered talking to me before, you know, but she, she was so concerned. Talk now. And I said, it's not uh, one of us. So. She said, eh uh-huh. I say he's a big boy. <laughs> you know, without even knowing, she's pulling me to not go. I kept her on. She said, is he the one that came there? I said, no. I said, you've not seen him. You know all these people that you're talking to. So she got very interested. I said, I've not seen someone that is dying for you more than that guy. She now said, she got to a point where she now asked me, what was his name? I said, Emmanuel. (laughs) When I called the name, hey, you could see the interest heightened. Then I said, listen, what that person has already done for you. None of these boys can do for you. I kept talking and she was listening. Until I told her, he's a real person. You can meet him now. Then I said, do you know who I'm actually talking about? He said, who? I said, Jesus. She just breathed. <laughs> but we've gone too far. 
she now said, you talked about him like a real person. I said, he's a real person. Amen. Nobody had preached the gospel to her like that before. You will share the gospel. Alright? You will communicate the truth of what Jesus has done. Receive boldness. Receive boldness. Receive utterance in the name of Jesus. On Saturday, you will function with utterance. Opportunities will come to you. Souls will be led to where you are. Your steps will be ordered to meet people that are willing to hear you in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father. Bow your heads everywhere. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Spirit of God. Thank you for your kindness towards us. Thank you. Pray in tongues for a minute or two. Thank you for listening to this message. If you have been blessed, you can reach us by email on info at faithtofaithonline.org or call us on 234-806-361-3560. You are big, blessed, and loaded. Oh